Hello and welcome to Lifetimes of Learning, a production of the Buddhist Discussion Centre Australia. In this podcast series, we will be discussing the teachings and principles of Buddha Dharma, which are just as relevant today as they were 2,600 years ago. So wherever you are, whether on your meditation cushion or on your way to work, we invite you to bring your mind inside and listen to the Buddha's teachings. When Ajahn Chah would give uh, us teachings uh, and uh, encourage us, he put a lot of emphasis on reflection, investigation, that uh, ability of the mind to consider carefully our experience. And this is, uh, of course, a quality that the the Buddha himself relies on and and, uh, encourages as well. Yesterday in the Q&A, there was a a question around uh, stream enterer and uh, and I gave a quarter to sutta that points to the factors of, of stream entry two being external having uh, association with wise beings uh, and to hearing uh, hearing dhamma two were internal qualities first being Yoniso Manisikara, which is translated in many ways, wise reflection is a, a general one. Attending appropriately is how Ajahn Jeff tends to translate it. And Dhammanu Dhammapatibhata, an internal practice in the sense of practicing Dhamma in accordance with Dhamma. And I thought I would um, maybe illustrate 
the uh, how the Buddha kind of expected or encouraged us to to reflect. Uh, actually, what the say that Yoni Somanisgara, that wise <coughs> reflection, is something that the the Buddha introduces in in many many circumstances, and the many appropriate themes for say for wise reflection. But the say the important quality is that uh, one is reflecting, investigating, attending. The word manasikara is uh, attention. So it's not so much thinking a lot about something, but attending, placing the mind on something, seeing it clearly, and, and then being able to turn it over in one's mind so that one has a, a, a deeper a grasp of of the uh, of what one is attending to, but the the Buddha points out. He says uh, that um, in the same way that when the when one sees the 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 sky turning uh, in the morning, the light uh, in the sky turning in the morning, uh, one knows that a a new day is is coming upon one. He said, in the same way, when one recognizes uh, yoni somanasikara in one's own mind, one can start to say recognize or have confidence that the say, the noble eightfold path would arise uh, within one. That, that one is one's practice is 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 starting to to uh, say to come together. Uh, but the um, I'll, I'll pick out. Uh, one particular discourse that uh, that the Buddha uses to illustrate uh, Yoniso Manasikara, and I think particularly in terms of the uh, the the aspect of around that question of of stream entry. You know, what how do I what do I do in order to direct my efforts towards entering uh, the Dhamma fully and the sutta is, is one that uh, protagonists are Sariputta and Mahagotita, who are two friends who, uh, there's actually many discourses where there's, they're having a dumb discussion uh, between them, and it's usually uh, Mahagotita uh, kind of uh, prodding Sariputta with, with, uh, with questions and, and uh, picking, it, picking his brain, so to speak. Uh, and uh, so that Mahakotita uh, Sariputta, uh, what what is it that um, a a virtuous person, in this case, virtuous monk, um, what is it that a virtuous person should attend to appropri- appropriately, or in the sense, yoni uh, somanasikara, have wise reflection around? Uh, and uh, Sariputta uh, answers that uh, uh, one should uh, attend appropriately or to reflect wisely uh, uh, on the nature of uh, the nature of the, the form aggregate. And in particular, say the uh, the aggregate uh, of, 
of cl the clinging aggregate, um, not the the uh, the aggregate of form of the body that is subject to to clinging or upadana, uh, and to uh, to reflect on it as something that is uh, inconstant, changing. Um, is a cancer, a disease, an emptiness, a non-self. There's actually a whole long list of more things that he that he says in sort of looking on it as as uh, uh, as a, as a um, uh, in its problematic nature and in a sense of its impermanent, unsatisfactory, and non-self nature. And I said, if one, uh, and then to look on the uh, the feeling aggregate, uh, the perception aggregate, the mental formations aggregate, and the consciousness aggregate, and these are the five uh, aggregates, five khandas, uh, the the basis of a being, uh, and and Sariputta said, if one. Uh, looks on on these as as, as inconstant, impermanent, changing, um, uh, a disease, a cancer, uh, an emptiness, a non-self. Uh, then uh, one uh, could be free uh, from those, released from those, and uh, uh, realize the fruit of stream entry. And and then he goes through, uh, and then Mahakotita then sort of asks, well, what does a uh, what does a stream enterer reflect wisely on? Uh, and then uh, Sariputta said, well, a stream enterer would reflect on form, feeling, perception, mental formations, consciousness as inconstant, changing, as in exactly the same way. And uh, and if one uh, reflected wisely uh, in that way, then uh, it's uh, quite likely that one would would become a, a once returner, which is the next stage of uh, of liberation of freedom. Uh, and then, of course, Mahakotita uh, uh, is never satisfied, and uh, he gives another. Uh, another question of well, what does a non uh, what does a once returner do? And of course, Sariputta goes through the same thing. And if they um, did it in that way, they would uh, possible that they would become a non returner. What does a non returner do? Exactly the same thing. It's possible they could become an arhat. And then Mahapatita, in true to fashion, says, "Well, what does an arhat do?" <laughs> and uh, and then. A uh, uh, Sariputta goes through it exactly the same way exactly that uh, they reflect on uh, the, the the clinging aggregate of form, clinging aggregate of form, clinging aggregate of feeling, perception, mental formations, and consciousness uh, in exactly the same way. He goes through it sort of word for word, uh, but then he ends up saying, uh, not because. There is anything else for an arahant to do, or that there's anything to add to what an arahant has done, but for uh, uh, the the uh, um, it leads to 
a pleasant abiding here and now and leads to mindfulness and alertness so that the uh, um, even for uh, an arahant um, it's a, it's a source of of uh, yeah of well-being reflecting uh, wisely attending appropriately uh, on experience so that the 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 directing of attention uh, toward these these uh, five uh, aggregates of being um, is 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 the is really a key factor for uh, being able to pull oneself um, out of the say the stream of the world uh, and uh, into the the stream of Dhamma and uh, to be able to to uh, direct our attention in this way of course that's uh, reflect on the um, say this morning we we chanted the the Dhamma Chakapavatana Sutta, which is the Buddha setting in rolling the wheel of Dhamma. Uh, and when, uh, and on, in, in that discourse, the, the uh, uh, Kandanya, or the Anya Kandanya, uh, realized stream entry. And in the uh, the story of this is in the text of the discipline of Anaya, and it tells the story of um, after uh, Kundanya's uh, realization, then uh, the Buddha uh, spent time uh, teaching the others, instructing them. Uh, sometimes uh, two or three of them would go off on alms round and and the others would stay back to receive instruction uh, from the Buddha uh, and uh, then kind of one by one uh, each of these of the five ascetics that lived and trained with the Buddha uh, uh, all realized stream entry and it doesn't actually specify uh, the amount of time uh, uh, whether it was days or weeks, or it certainly wasn't months, it was probably, probably days or weeks. And when all five of them were, were stream enterers, uh, that was when the Buddha uh, gave his uh, instruction um, on the discourse on not self, Anattalakana Sutta, uh, to the, and it's in the, the chanting book. <coughs> And it's the Buddha taking those five aggregates of being and all of the things that we assume a sense of, of self, a sense of I, of me, of mine. Um, and what the, uh, uh, one of the descriptions, uh, sorry, the, the I-making, the mind-making, uh, the underlying tendency to conceit, uh, so that the 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 mind uh, conceives of and clings to uh, the the identity uh, of 
of, of a being, of, 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 of me, of mine, around these, these natural functions. Uh, just the sense of the, the, the physical body, having a physical body. Uh, it's a natural function. But <coughs> uh, we, uh, uh, we take it to be you know, who we are. Uh, we take it, uh, we assume a sense of selfhood. Uh, it's an interesting uh, way that uh, a Thai teacher, Ajahn Buddhadasa, uh, describes it in, in that uh, he said, uh, as us as human beings, as sort of ordinary, run of the mill, uninstructed human beings, unenlightened, um, we um, we we act like thieves, uh, and we get punished like thieves, uh, in that we we steal things out of nature, uh, and that that sense where the the, the stealing or the the the, the thieving of form, feeling, perception, mental formations, consciousness. They're not ours. They belong to nature. They're not what they don't belong to us. We don't have any real uh, uh, right of possession. Um, but uh, we, we, we take them. Uh, uh, we misappropriate them uh, and assume a sense of, of I, me, and mine, of selfhood around them. Uh, and then we wonder why we suffer. So that uh, there's this, oh, that's what happens when you're a thief. <laughs> you, you get into trouble. Uh, so that uh, if something, you know, it's not a way that we usually think or, 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 or view experience. So the assumption is always an assumption of, 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 of selfhood. Uh, so that this, this, this sense of uh, the Buddha. Um, pointing to that basis uh, of experience uh, and uh, getting us to look at it uh, in a different way, getting us to look at it uh, in terms of, of Dhamma as opposed to our own assumptions, projections, preference, um, uh, hope, uh, and uh, it's really coming back, oh, this is the way nature is. And when we think of Dhamma, this is a truth of, of nature. This is, this is what the truth of nature is. Um, so we're, uh, we're born, and we have a body that uh, grows and develops and matures and uh, gets older. Uh, and uh, we don't have a whole lot of say in it. Uh, it follows its nature. Uh, feelings, uh, pleasant, uh, unpleasant, neutral. Um, they come and go. Uh, perceptions, memory, uh, the ways that we make meaning out of the world uh, through uh, the perceptual process. Um, this is all Conditioned, it might be, uh, you know, somewhat uh, unique to us, 
but it's conditioned and it's uh, it's unstable not to be relied on uh, and uh, and therefore I would say not worthy of taking as a self uh, same with the mental formations uh, our thoughts our ideas and it's not as if we try to annihilate them uh, or that if we didn't have them then we we'd be better off uh, it's just that uh, we 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 assume something more of them than they actually are, and when we make that assumption, uh, we create problems for ourselves. Uh, we end up in a place of of discontent and dissatisfaction. So that viewing things in their 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 true nature, viewing things in their uh, this is where that sense of, of um, <coughs> looking at it through the lens of uh, that which leads to a, a cooling and disenchantment uh, rather than something that stirs up clinging and, uh, and, and attachment. Uh, and 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 that's the the key. It's not the Buddha is making a say an absolute statement, but it's giving us the tools uh, to be able to to free ourselves. And that's when when that other aspect of uh, of the, uh, uh, the, the 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 factors of stream entry, uh, practicing dhamma in accordance with dhamma. Uh, there's a, a, a discourse where, where the Buddha, uh, when he asks a rhetorical question, you know, what is practicing Dhamma in accordance with Dhamma? And, and then, of course, he goes ahead and answers his own question. And he, uh, again, he lifts up that, that theme of the, of the five. Uh, the five khandhas, uh, these five aggregates of being. Uh, so one practicing dhamma in accordance with dhamma, uh, one pra- practices in a way that one uh, re- reflects for the um, arising of disenchantment towards form, uh, practicing for the disenchantment toward feeling, disenchantment toward perception, disenchantment towards uh, mental formations, disenchantment towards consciousness, toward these, these, these uh, <coughs> again, these five, five khandhas, these five aggregates of being. And then the Buddha goes on to say, and when one uh, uh, practices in a way uh, that say, facilitates the arising of disenchantment, Toward form, feeling, perception, mental formation, consciousness, um, one comprehends form, feeling, and one comprehends form, comprehends uh, feeling, comprehends perception, comprehends mental formations, comprehends uh, consciousness. So that the again this sense that the practicing and and turning attention toward 
that which is for the arising of disenchantment is giving us the opportunity to be able to comprehend, to understand fully. Um, because when we approach uh, our experience uh, through the lens of our assumptions or our views and opinions, our preferences, uh, then we don't really comprehend it fully. We don't understand it fully. We don't see through it. And that's, that's what, say, the word vipassana uh, means to see through, to be able to see through the things that we cling on to, uh, see through the things that we attach to, see th through the things that we make assumptions from. Uh, so being able to, uh, to, to, to comprehend, to understand fully these basic Aggregates of being, uh, body and body and mind, uh, form, feeling, perception, mental formations, consciousness. Then the Buddha goes on to say, and when when one practices in in a way which leads to, and when one comprehends uh, form, feeling, perception, mental formations, consciousness, then one is released from form, feeling, perception, mental formations, consciousness. The, the act of understanding fully, of comprehending, seeing through uh, these aspects of being uh, in itself is the, uh, is the trigger, is the key that allows us to be released from, to be uh, emancipated from, to be um, free from. Uh, the the uh, the habits and that's what it is um, the habits of of, uh, of of being that that keep returning us to a place of discontent or, or, or confusion dissatisfaction and that's when, when and the Buddha says and when one was released from <coughs> form feeling perception mental formations consciousness. One is released from sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, and despair, uh, all the different forms of suffering and stress. Uh, and so that, that sense of practicing Dhamma in accordance with Dhamma uh, is, is um, the Buddha gives a, a very clear guideline and, and, uh, and a way uh, to... If, Certainly, the uh, one of the ways that one uh, wouldn't describe the Buddha as being a woolly thinker, and is just very precise. He's very clear. Uh, this is this is the way through, uh, and this is the way to, to, to freedom. And so that uh, is giving these 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 tools for us to be able to. Uh, to to understand uh, clearly, um, so that these these aspects of uh, say our practice, uh, say the say the tools of practice, uh, are just this just this body and mind, just the, the 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 things that we we have that are the basis of our experience. They're uh, when they're not understood. Uh, they they lead to to uh, to 
to suffering, uh, to, to difficulty, uh, when they are understood, then they lead to um, freedom, to uh, wisdom, to uh, bringing, you know, think of the, uh, the, the bringing blessings uh, to, the to oneself and to the world. Uh, but it does take this, this uh, in the investigation, wise reflection, and then putting it into practice, practicing Dhamma in accordance with Dhamma. And that sense of, of that cultivation of a, a disenchantment, um, the one realizes that that you know there that, that the of course the the there's a compelling um, yeah back uh, you know a kind of compelling story a compelling um, feeling toward the uh, these aggregates of being uh, what the Buddha did was incredibly radical. Uh, and uh, uh, it, on a certain level, it really goes against uh, all of our, what we would normally, how we would normally view our experience. Um, but to be able to pick up that theme uh, and, and to, to, to reflect on it and being able to break that enchantment it's sort of a breaking the spell it's like a fairy tale where where one say this when the spell is broken all of a sudden everything falls into place when when the spell is cast on the <clears throat> on the prince or the princess and then there's all these uh, difficulties and problems and and uh, uh, but when that spell is broken when that enchantment is 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 has been uh, 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 kind of cast out, uh, then, you know, well, then they live happily ever after. <laughs> but it, uh, but they, they, uh, 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 so that sense of, of viewing things, reflecting on things in a way that helps to, to, to foster a quality of disenchantment. The word in Pali is nibbita. And, um, Disenchantment, I think, is a really good word uh, to describe that, just because of that sense, yeah, the, an enchantment, a spell. Um, uh, Bhikkhu Bodhi is, has been, for some time now, has been translating Nibbita as disgust, uh, and sort of having disgust to the toward the body, having disgust toward feeling, disgust toward perception, mental formations, and, and consciousness. And um, it's a very strong word uh, and tends to um, come across as, as uh, um, not only negative but even aversive. Um, but I think one of the ways of, of, of looking at it is, is looking at it in terms of the, the uh, um, kind of the roots of the word of disgust in the sense that um, the, the roots of the word really mean that's like losing the flavor. Uh, one loses the flavor, losing the taste, uh, 
Um, it's, it's no longer tasty, it's no longer flavorful. Uh, and, uh, uh, and that's really what, 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 uh, what it is when you know, it's like, like uh, uh, and when one has a, a particular uh, uh, addiction to food, some particular food that one really, really likes, uh, and then you can't eat it anymore. It just makes you sick. Um, there. Uh, Like that extreme case would be like for for uh, um, like in Thailand, uh, you have durian addictions. <laughs> you know, for people who 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 smelt durian, you think, God, this stuff is horrible, and you can't take it on planes. <laughs> you can't, you know, it's not allowed to be on planes or or on in public areas because it's considered to be, smell so bad, but. It's, it's really addictive, <laughs> and people people will will pay huge amounts of money to get the first crop from special places, and uh, uh, but then you sort of think, when one say loses the taste for it, loses the flavor for it. Uh, I mean, I really liked durian when I was, lived in Thailand. I really liked it. Uh, and then, it, and then at some point, then then uh, 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 it was too. It's very heating. So and then at some point, it was it was too heating for me. I couldn't I couldn't couldn't eat it anymore. So, hmm? Yeah. <laughs> so there. So one loses the flavor, loses the taste. So in the same way, one directs attention toward the, the body feeling. Perceptions, mental formations, consciousness. It isn't as if it's such a, you know, so for for one who, who who who's not enthralled by it, it's sort of like, uh, you know, one looks looks at, uh, you know, these five aggregates of being as if, you know, it's a, you know, it's like durian. <laughs> Most people say, oh, God, great! How could people be addicted to it? But uh, we tend not to think in that way, according to our, our you know, these aggregates of being. So the Buddha has us contemplate, and uh, there's one, another discourse where the Buddha speaks of the, uh, the, the uh, compa- he compares them, uh, them to to different things that are, uh, so the comparing the body to foam. On that's floating down a river, uh, and say, "What do you think? Do you think that that foam is is something that is uh, substantial or insubstantial?" Um, you say, "Well, it's insubstantial." You say, "Well, it's the in the same way the body is 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 insubstantial. Uh, it's not. It's, it's it, there's a an empty quality to it." Um, and Buddha compares feeling to just like in the in the rainy season when the rain comes down and 
big heavy drops and it forms bubbles uh, on the surface of water or on, or on there and these bubbles form uh, and the feelings are like, like bubbles they just uh, the rain comes down the bubble forms and then they pop or you want to say like a soap bubble where you get kids where you, you put the uh, uh, put the little ring in and uh, put it into soap and you blow it and then the bubbles go out and then they you know they last for a, a longer or shorter amount of time but they don't last for all that long and then they pop and the same with pleasant feeling unpleasant feeling neutral feeling they're just they're feelings that that are like bubbles that come into being and they pop they're, they're insubstantial uh, perception the Buddha compares it to like in the, in the hot season looking out and in the distance and seeing a mirage uh, and and, and that it seems substantial in the distance but when it gets close to it it disappears uh, the same with there's an insubstantiality uh, to perception. It has that same quality as a mirage. Uh, it's not solid. It's not stable. And, um, but of course, we we actually run our lives around perceptions. Uh, the, the way we perceive things, the value and meaning that we place on things. Val perception is both the uh, both memory uh, and and then the, yeah, the, the value and meaning that we place on things. We, we experience something, we immediately place a certain value on it or, or an assumption around it. Perception works very quickly. Uh, and, we, and then, we've, we, yeah, we, and then we, we, uh, we go towards or pull away from certain experiences or people or circumstances because of the the way that we perceive uh, so that those perceptions are that we look and investigate and think, oh, are actually insubstantial uh, it's like oftentimes when you when you first meet somebody you'll form a perception of whether you like them or you don't like them, whether they're a good person or not a good person, and we we and we fill a whole story in about these people, uh, and we don't even haven't even talked to them yet, uh, but uh, you know that's the way perception works. So that uh, and, and oftentimes if we're you know careful or honest, I mean you you give you give people a break and. and <coughs> And get to know them a bit, uh, but sometimes we 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 act on those perceptions, uh, and uh, we don't really know how valid they are at all. Uh, but uh, you know, so reflecting on their insubstantiality uh, and and mental formations, the Buddha compares it to somebody going out into the forest seeking. Um, some uh, a tree, a heart a tree with some hardwood, some good, a good solid tree, <coughs> a good teak tree, or something you could build with, so with some hardwood, and and, uh, and then settling on a on a banana tree, uh, which is 
the way the banana tree is formed, they're just layers and layers and layers of, of kind of leaf structure, uh, so that there's no central core to them. Uh, and uh, even though they, they can grow to be quite large um, and grow quite tall, uh, but there's no central core to them, uh, so that they're, they're insubstantial nature. So the same with with our thoughts. It's, it's, you know, there's these layers and layers of our mental formations, thoughts, ideas, views, um, the different uh, um, ways that we we consider and, and proliferate. Uh, so it's, it's so essential to be able to peel those layers of thought back and say, well, what's, what's underneath there? What is there? And, and you say, wow, this is really insubstantial. Uh, so that viewing it as a, like as a, a banana tree and consciousness. So the, <coughs> the Buddha compares it to uh, in the marketplace and, and uh, there being a, 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 a sort of a magician performing a magic trick. And, and of course, the, uh, a good magician is able to use slate of hand, use body movement, use uh, to be able to distract your attention uh, and make it all seem like something else. Uh, and you know, consciousness is, is, is doing that all the time. Uh, <coughs> we're not really uh, getting a good insight uh, into our experience uh, until we start questioning and, and investigating with disenchantment uh, the, the, that functioning of consciousness. So these, these five aggregates of being uh, they form the basis of form the basis of our, all of our experience, who we are, what we are, what we experience. But they need to be uh, investigated and understood. They need to be comprehended uh, so that we can uh, we can be released from from them. Uh, that the relinquishment. Uh, that comes through seeing things in their true nature. <clears throat> and it doesn't mean that we end up with nothing. What we end up with is, is a body and mind that, that is well grounded in the true nature of things. Uh, somebody like uh, the Buddha uh, or his noble disciples, um, yeah, these are beings one wants to draw close to, or one wants to emulate. Um, you know, if I think in terms of my own experience of, of uh, human beings, uh, I certainly, say, Ajahn Chah was the kind of the most sane, normal human being <laughs> that I ever met. Uh, uh, the, uh, and. Uh, kind of awesomely competent, <laughs> uh, you know, really able to use experience in a way that benefits himself, benefited so many others. So that when we, uh, yeah, refle reflecting on these these five aggregates, 
and viewing them in a way that, that helps us to, to loosen our grip, uh, let, uh, uh, release some of our, our, our assumptions and clinging and attachment. Um, these are, that's where the, the, the one another image that the Buddha uses is of, uh, sort of like a mountain stream that where the current is is really swift and it's carrying uh, everything along with it and if somebody <coughs> fell into that current uh, then uh, into that stream uh, of course they try to get out and they grasp but they uh, the uh, uh, kind of the, the grasses and twigs and uh, any little branches that they get hold of from the uh, along the shore, uh, but the current is so swift that it would pull pull them away and and leave them. Uh, <coughs> say not uh, without safety, without refuge, and then the Buddha does in the same way. Uh, say we're we've fallen into this stream of of uh, uh, of samsara. We've fallen into this stream of of dependence on on uh, uh, on our uh, attachments and delusions, and uh, we grasp after the form, feeling, perception. It's just like the the grasses, the twigs, the branches that. Uh, we grasp at that, and they're not able to provide a refuge. They're not able to provide a a, a, a sense of of, of real um, safety. Um, and when, but the the seeing through, the comprehending, the understanding, uh, the relinquishment. And that's what really leads to, to clarity and to peace. That's what really leads to having Dhamma as a refuge and, and, and entering the stream of Dhamma. And that, of course, that's a, that's a no, both a noble aspiration and, a, and a, uh, something really worthy of, of putting our, our effort and attention towards. As we meditate and contemplate, and we're using the breath as our uh, as our object of meditation. We're using the walking meditation. Um, <coughs> it's not just uh, a uh, um, say like a, a a concentration exercise. The ones directing attention towards a settling of the mind, but then one's also seeding the mind with, with certain perspectives that help one to, to, uh, to see things in their true nature. And if the mind starts to get spinning out with thinking about these things too much, then you have to just come back to the breath and settle. Uh, but uh, with um, as I said, it's not just a matter of if we keep pushing the mind onto the breath and we keep uh, focusing uh, the mind in concentration, then something magical is going to happen. Uh, we need to uh, wisely consider the 
our experience. We need to uh, uh, to reflect in accordance with Dhamma, to offer that reflection to us. Thank you for listening to our Lifetimes of Learning podcast. To listen to other recordings, go to our website www.bdcu.org.au and click on Dharma Teachings. Or you can go to our online World Buddhist Radio Station from our website by clicking on Buddhist Radio. May you be well and happy. May all beings be well and happy.